Hello, everybody. Jordan Stolzer, your host of the Triple F Podcast. This is episode number 276 of the podcast. Welcome to another episode, and in today's show, I'm going to be talking about training a little bit. I'm going to be talking about strength plateaus and how to bust through those. Now, not really uh, just an in general thing, right? I'm talking about when you're stuck at a specific number, maybe even regress from a max that you once had. I did deal with this before on a deadlift, and I talk about that case study and how you too can bust through your strength plateaus. Uh, My other topic today that I wanted to touch on and answering a question is about injury, specifically about how to come back to the gym from an injury and not start from square one all over again. You put in so much work, so much effort into the gym, into, into getting in good shape, into getting fit, into getting strong, building muscle. And, you know, then something happens. You get hurt, you have a freak injury, and you have to start over possibly, right? And how can you prevent having to start from square one during your injury and in coming back to the gym? Those are the topics today. Hope you guys enjoy it. If you have a question you want answered on the podcast, all you have to do is go to Instagram. That is StoltzFit, S-T-O-L-Z-F-I-T, and shoot me a DM at ask a question, I will either answer it in the DMs or I will do a podcast on it. That's how I like to interact with you guys and I definitely appreciate the interaction. It keeps me going, keeps me uh, fired up to the podcast and to coach people and to talk about people and to message them and to give them advice. I just want to help in any way that I possibly can. Those are the topics of today's show. Hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get started. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Triple F Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the show. Uh, This one is episode number 276 of the podcast, and I am driving right now. I apologize if you hear any weird rustling or acceleration or fans. It is getting warm here in Texas. Uh, So I am driving back, and I'm doing the podcast uh, on the run today, but I appreciate you joining and you hopping into the podcast. Today's show is a lot about training and is a lot about strength because I do think that every good strength program, well, really any good fitness plan, if you know, mind you, if any kind of plan you have to grow your fitness levels, it should revolve around strength training in some capacity, right? I don't really think that it's gonna do you a whole lot of good uh, to focus all your efforts on calorie burn. It's not gonna do you a lot of good to focus on uh, it's not even going to, in my opinion, do you a lot of good to focus on movement and mobility if you don't have the strength to back it up and the strength in those new ranges of motion. So uh, strength is so important and really your program should be revolving in some way around strength. So, you know, that's just kind of a precursor is that I'm assuming that everybody, young, old, male, female, or other, whichever you are, Uh, you're gonna have some kind of strength program in place. Now, it doesn't have to be complicated, right? It doesn't have to be wild, uh, but it should include a few things. It should include some form of progression where you're getting stronger over time. 
It should include some form of volume progression where you're doing more work over time, that's important. And it should be safe, right? You want it to be something you can do without getting hurt. And that is what today's show is all about. Not necessarily about gym injuries by themselves, but also about other injuries and how do you prevent injuries from derailing your progress because if you've been strength training for a good amount of time you know that man it can leave you quick if you take some time off if you decide to not train for a while it truly is a use it or lose it type thing and uh, one of the most frustrating things in fitness can be getting hurt and getting injured and how to deal with that right so the question I'm answering today is how do how do you prevent having to start at square one again when you come back to the gym after an injury and that's a good question you know I've had a I've had a few injuries before I've had minor back pulls we'll call them because it that was training related just being stupid and it wasn't ever anything major thank goodness and I, I think I'm lucky because a lot of young kids and a lot of a lot of young men in particular I will put more of this blame on the male population do stupid stuff in the gym, push a little bit too hard, and end up kind of hurting themselves. None of my injuries have been ever that bad in the gym. Uh, I have had some injuries outside of the gym that did derail progress a little bit. A lot of like little finger injuries that was annoying for a long time. Some uh, dislocated fingers, broken fingers, sprained fingers, that kind of thing. Um, and then also two broken arms before. Uh, at two separate times, so I would guess one arm broken twice would be the proper way to say that. Um, and then, you know, other little things that have happened throughout my active childhood and young adulthood. Um, and every time, you know, let me tell you the story about when I broke my arm last, I guess. So last time I broke my arm, I was pretty young, right? I was 12, maybe 13, I can't remember. Uh, so not really into training yet, right? Not really, not really into that, but still you notice a big difference in your body when it happens. And I was trying to film a movie with my, with my cousin and my brother, right? Because who doesn't want to be an action star on YouTube when they're 12 years old? So we were filming this movie. It was at my parents' farm. And uh, I don't even remember what the movie was about, honestly. It, was, it just had to do with a car chase, which ended up just having to be a golf cart because we weren't allowed to drive the car through the yard. Uh, we were driving a golf cart and... I tried to do one of those stuntman dive out of the golf cart, tuck and roll type stunts, and I ended up just jumping out of the golf cart, landing right on my wrist. So, broke my arm, had to have two surgeries on it. It was a pretty bad break. And, you know, even at 13 years old, I realized how much an injury can change just totally immobilizing your arm, right? Having a cast up to your shoulder is just the way to lose size on a body part. and. That lesson is carried through to me, right? If you don't use it, you lose it. So I pulled off this cast off my arm. Well, actually, the doctor did. This cast got pulled off my arm, got cut down, right? And I think it was right, something like six months later, something like that. And then that little amount of time, right? Uh, through you know my whole childhood, my whole life, I didn't have a lot of muscle because I hadn't been training. But you know, I was an active kid, so uh, decently strong uh, farm kid, you know that kind of stuff. And even with, even with all that time, just in the little bit of time I had my arm immobilized, that's all it took. And my arm was tiny. It was the size of my other wrist, right? It was like my forearm, it, the forearm size up on my upper arm on that left side. And it was shocking to see and, you know, it was disturbing in a way to see how much that 
how much that uh, atrophied. So the question is, how do you prevent something like that? If, you know, hopefully it's not that freak of an accident. Hopefully you're not jumping out of golf carts. Uh, but how do you prevent something like a broken arm, a broken leg, a bulging disc, a hurt back, a knee surgery? How do you keep that kind of thing from derailing your progress? Because hopefully you don't experience it, but most people will deal with some kind of injury, even if it's not gym-related. In fact, it's probably not going to be gym-related. You're probably just going to slip on the stairs. You're probably going to uh, put your hand in some boiling water, you know, knock on wood and all that. I'm so sorry. But essentially you're gonna deal with an injury. Long story short, you might not even see it coming. So there's a couple ways to deal with it and really I start the process while you are recovering or even injured depending on the severity of your injury. If you have something that's a limb injury, I personally think there's no excuse to be completely sedentary and I think being completely sedentary is the worst thing you could do for your recovery. It's the worst thing you could do for how fast you're gonna come back from the injury as well. If you have a knee injury, you know, you could definitely do a lot of upper body workouts. You could do a lot of arm work. You could do a lot of leg work on the other side even. You could move around. There's no excuse to be completely sedentary. And uh, I think that's the first step is being relatively active so you have a good base. Um, it's also going to be a lot of easing yourself back into it. And you can keep in mind through this whole thing that Muscle memory is definitely a real thing, right? If you've ever stopped training and then started training again, you realize how fast the gains come back, right? If you used to be able to bench 225 and you stop training and you go back to bench pressing, you can only bench 135. You'll build up to 225 in just weeks, right? It'll be really fast as long as you're a similar size as you were before. You have a very, the human body has a very, very impressive capability of muscle memory and uh, I think that's often underrated and people worry about it, things like injuries a little bit too much because the body is going to figure it out. And you know, there's this other aspect of like, what are you gonna do about it, right? Like you, you're actually injured, what are you gonna do about it? You just gotta stay active and you gotta start training again, right? That's what it comes down to. The key is when you start training again, once you are recovering or even out of your injury completely, that you ease into it, right? And how I would probably structure that is avoid compound movements. And I know that like a lot of fitness people, a lot of fitness podcasts that are popular, a lot of common knowledge, and maybe even what I've said is to focus on compound movements, right? That's very classic fitness advice, um, especially in the strength world. However, compound movements, you know, they're compound, which means they're using a lot of different joints. If you didn't even know what that meant, Compound exercises use a lot of different muscles and a lot of different joint actions. So if you're doing something like a squat, you're involving the hips, the knees, the ankles, the feet, the calves, the hamstrings, the quads, the glutes, the abs, the lower back, even the upper back and, and the shoulders, right? You're involving so much in that exercise. It gets really hard to ease yourself back into something like that. And what I would rather see you do is single joint isolation exercises uh, to ease yourself back into training. Start out slower, build up volume, try to get yourself back into that muscle memory, into those patterns that you will recognize, right? And it won't take long. Stick to things like tricep extensions, lateral raises, curls, uh, you know, maybe things, maybe a couple row variations, maybe some 
lat pull downs, maybe, um, maybe some split squats, maybe something like a leg extension, a leg curl, calf raise, really all these exercises that might not even be targeting that injured body part. It's just using your body like that again and easing back into those big movements that are going to put you at a big risk for injury. I think that's what people don't talk about enough is that the compound lifts are great, but they are the highest risk for injury. Isolation movements you can pretty much do when you're beat down, when you're tired, when you're sore, and when you're injured, and you're not going to injure yourself much further if you're not pushing yourself way past the limit. So ease into your training and then eventually go back into it. And definitely, definitely, if you have a limb injury, include unilateral exercises. We're using only one limb, you're using the weak one first and you're matching it with the other leg so you don't develop any imbalances. That is what I would do. Take the time to recover. Keep in mind that you will have that muscle memory that you won't have to start from square one, right? You will be coming back, but the best way to do it when you come back is to ease into it, match your strong side to your weak side, don't develop imbalances, start out nice and slow with isolation work, build up to those compounds and start to get stronger again. There's no way around the fact that an injury will put a damper on your strength training. That is fact. There is no way to stop that and that is just going to be the way it is. You, you will never find a way unless there's some kind of drug or solution implemented uh, where you can make the same progress as you always would if you have an injury. So that's just my thought on the whole matter. Working with people that are injured is a big part of what I did as a job before I moved to Texas. And it's something, it's really what I started going to school for uh, back in the day when I started my undergraduate school. So it's something that I really care about. It's something that I think a lot of people do wrong. And a lot of people honestly extend their recovery process so much longer because they're doing it wrong, right? You can, you can shorten the recovery process by a lot if, if you do things properly. And that is something I love to help people with is recovering from an injury, preventing injury, especially even more so, right? I mean, the best, the most important aspect of, of injury recovery and training around an injury is going to be preventing that injury in the first place, even though it's a cheating type answer, right? Because that's not really recovery, that's prevention. But the best thing you can do is prevention, right? If you, if you are preventing injuries, taking all the necessary precautions, it is worth your time, effort, and even money. If it means doing um, an extra long warm up, maybe a cool down, maybe mobility on your off days, maybe it means, I don't know, driving the speed limit instead of driving over the speed limit. All these things will take an effect and help you out, right? I think that these things are underrated, guys. I really think that they are because I, you know, I talked about all this recovering from injuries, coming back, not you know, not starting from square one. But there is a certain aspect, like I said, that it is going to take time out of your strength training and your progression. And the best way, uh, the best way to keep progressing, getting stronger, is to not have those gaps, right? You will see that the biggest, the strongest, the leanest, the most fit people on the planet are the ones who don't get hurt very often, and they're able to keep training consistently day in, day out, without big breaks. The people that aren't consistent don't see progress. The people that get hurt are forced into that inconsistency. So it's important uh, to stay healthy, and it's something that most people take for granted, especially when they're young. All right, this next question is kind of a fun one. It's something that 
got my creative juices flowing. This one also comes from Instagram, at Stoltz Fit. And this is a specific exercise, a specific weight, but I wanted to kind of generalize the topic as I do often. But this person is trying to be strong on the deadlift, right? So they're deadlifting. Uh, he said he was able to deadlift 340 pounds about a year ago. And ever since then, he's been stuck around 315. He actually regressed down to 315 and is unable to push past that number and especially unable to push past that 340. So how do you break through this strength plateau? And this one had me thinking because there are a lot of different factors that need to be put into play here, right? And I will probably follow up with this person uh, to get this information and give a more custom answer through Instagram. But in general, you have to keep a lot of things in mind. You have to keep in mind uh, your training program, right? You have to keep in mind how's your recovery from that time you pulled 340 versus right now. Are deadlifts first in your day where you're doing them? Are you accumulating a lot of back and leg fatigue, grip fatigue? Uh, is your recovery bad? And that's something that a good program will keep in mind. Uh, so that's really important. Another thing that's really important is the overall size of your body, right? Your overall mass. Because if you're bigger and if you, know, you were maybe overweight and you pulled 340, uh, weighing 250 pounds, and then you lost 50 pounds. You know, great, good for you. That was in a year. Uh, but hey, now you can only pull 315, but you're 200 pounds. Keep in mind that relative strength is very important. It doesn't necessarily matter to everybody to pull an absolute number, right? It was to move absolute weight. What matters to most people and what should matter to most is relative strength. How much can you move at a certain body weight, right? Unless you really care about absolute strength. Um, so yeah, there is that certain aspect of relative strength you gotta keep in mind. Those things put aside, why would this regression happen? My opinion is that um, it's weird because the deadlift, if you've ever deadlifted before, it's a very unique movement in the fact, and it, you know, it's interesting that you specifically said the deadlift because you can have a freak moment in a deadlift, in my opinion, and that doesn't necessarily represent your overall strength. Like you could, you know, I could pull 500 pounds off the ground, but that would be with an adrenaline pumping, uh, you know, ammonia sniffing, screamo music playing, someone slapping me on the back, the grip is perfect, my legs are in the right spot, my back is nice and tight, the belt is in the right spot, everything goes according to plan, and you make that pull, you force it up, it looks ugly, but you make it happen, right? That's how most one rep maxes go when people tell me that, especially in the deadlift. If you're telling me right now I could squat 340 and now I'm back to 315, I would wonder a little bit more about other things like programming, like recovery, like your overall body weight. But a deadlift is such a freak movement where you can just rip something off the ground in with emotion, essentially, right? You can will weight off the ground with a deadlift as long as you can hold on to it with your hands. Um, so it's kind of a unique situation. I think that overall this is probably a programming issue, right? Because you should be able to progressively increase your weight and have a good idea of where your strength is at at all times. So this is probably some kind of case of you just going in, hitting a lift because you read it was good, and then hitting a body part after that maybe. Um, and you know, you're just pulling weight off the floor as hard as you can. That's not great. What I would prefer you do is have some kind of system in place, like you have some kind of volume progression, you have some kind of strength progression, so you're making progress 
over time. And if that sounds complicated, reach out to me, I'll explain it to you. But you really want something that's going to help you move more total tonnage over the course of time. That is really the scientific way to say it. Um, so this kind of strength plateau, you know, how do you break through it? My advice, I kind of wanted to boil it down to a couple things. There's the programming side of things, the recovery side of things, the overall body weight side of things. Um, but to actually bust through a strength plateau for other lifts, for anybody, doesn't have to be the deadlift, doesn't have to be uh, 340 pounds, it can be anything. It might be going from the 10s to the 15s and the dumbbell lateral raises, whatever you want to whatever you want to focus on. But what what I think would really help is what I just said a little bit ago. Increase the tonnage that you do over a certain amount of time. And that doesn't mean increase the weight of the bar. That might mean if you're trying to get to 340 again, you're stuck on 315, you do 315 more, right? Maybe you can do it for three reps. Well, don't do three sets of three reps because that's the same tonnage week after week, right? What I see a lot of people doing, even if they're good at programming, is they underwork. They under they underwork themselves because, uh, you know, I, I guess it's just a programming issue. That's what it builds, that's what it goes down to, is that you are underworking yourself because you heard that three or four sets was the best, right? And you're stuck on a weight, you don't know how to increase that. The best way to increase it is to increase the tonnage, which is essentially the volume, right? Which is the weight times the reps times the sets. If you're doing three sets of three at 315 forever, you're gonna be stuck at that total tonnage. Now, what is that? That's like nine times 315. That's like, oh man, four, seven, seven, four. That's like, I don't know, a little over 1,300 pounds or something like, 1245, I think that's what that is. I don't know, just pulled that out of my butt. But let's let's say it's, let's say it's that number, uh, 1245 uh, is, three times three times 315. If you're stuck at that number forever, you're never going to really improve your work capacity and your strength, right? So what I want you to do is one way to do it, I'll give you two options. One, one way to do it, you bump it up a rep every couple weeks. You're gonna do three sets of four. How about three sets of five the next week, right? You're, in, you're adding a rep so you're getting better at that weight. Uh, a lot of people underestimate the progressive overload power of reps, especially in powerlifting movements, right? If you do five strong list five by five or something like that, you're doing a five by five, try doing a five by five and then make it two sets of six, three sets of five, and then three sets of six, two sets of five, and then all sets of six, and then move the weight up. And you'll be able to see a lot better form. You'll be, this is a double progression. This is what I do in a lot of my programs is increase the weight and then you build up to a certain number of reps increase the weight again, drop the reps, build up again. That's double, that's double progression, it's a staple in a lot of my programs. The other way to do it, which is kind of the advanced way that I personally train and that I'm looking forward to hopefully training some people in is uh, increasing the tonnage, which is what I was talking about. So essentially you're just gonna be adding sets. So instead of doing three sets of three where you're just smoked after the third rep, how about you do singles and you do 10 sets of one right? You already did more reps, right? That's 10 reps at 315. That's more than you did last time. Maybe you switch to doubles and you do seven sets of two. That's 14 reps. Now I know that a double is a little different than a triple and you know, a single is different than five, but it is increasing your total workload over time. And then eventually you'll bump up the weight. You can drop the sets. You're doing only 
let's say, eight sets, four sets of two of 325, and then you move that to three sets of three, you move that to five sets of two, maybe seven sets of three, right? You can increase, increase, increase the total volume on a weight, bump up the weight, do it again. That's another kind of double progression that works so good and it's going to be a game changer for you in strength plateaus. The hardest thing to do is to take the time to push through it, right? You wanna see that weight move, you wanna see the increase, but at a certain point, the weight increases that you add to the bar or the dumbbells you grab are gonna become slower and slower. And I'll throw out one bonus strategy here, which is going to be exercise rotation. So don't just deadlift forever, right? Don't just always deadlift and just, oh man, I'm never getting stronger on the deadlift. How about you try a stiff leg deadlift for six weeks, right? Take out the deadlift altogether, do a stiff leg, get stronger on that. Maybe you do another six weeks of, um, let's say, deficit deadlift. You're standing on a 45 pound plate, you do the deadlift, do that for six weeks, get stronger on that, and then work back in six more weeks of the normal deadlift and see what happens. Um, rotating exercise like that, just taking a break, is going to be big for your results and big for recovery especially and your programming in general. All right, so that got a little nerdy. That was some, some big programming talk, shooting out ideas for breaking through strength plateaus and getting through injuries. Hopefully you've still found that uh, interesting, educational, maybe even entertaining. You never know. Uh, if you guys have any questions you want answered on the podcast, go to Instagram, at StoltzFit. And that's it for today, guys. That's episode 276. Thanks for the questions, and thank you for supplying me with the ammunition to do a all-training talk podcast. How fun. I'll see you guys next week on Friday. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on, on fitness, fitness, food, and, and freedom. freedom.